Welcome to ICA Podcast 9. The goal of ICA Podcast 9 is to provide insightful information about the industry to members and non-members of Intercoiffure America Canada, the voice for salon owners. Each week we'll bring business, educational and inspirational topics to aid anyone with ties to the beauty industry. We will have a revolving series of hosts pulling from industry leaders as hosts and guests to keep things lively and interesting and make you wonder what's coming next. Now, here's this week's edition of ICA Podcast 9. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I am Sheila Wilson, the president of Intercoffee America Canada. And today we have Scott Cole, who is one of, I consider the icons in our industry. I know that he's been very um, much of an influence on my life as far as cutting and uh, coloring. And so welcome, Scott. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, I also want everybody to know that you were the artistic director for Intercorfure um, a few years ago. And I don't know exactly how many, but that's okay. We, <laughs> it was a few years ago. And your work still is relevant to um, the beauty of the individual today. I mean, let's, let's sort of talk about that right now. You know, I see people on the streets and I don't see haircuts anymore that really make me just want to turn around and go, oh my gosh, who cut your hair? I don't see that anymore. Uh, do you? Not a lot, not a lot. And it's just a sign of the times right now where I think it's a lot of it's to do with the way the world is happening right now. The world is for lack of a better word, is in a little bit of a chaotic mess, so to speak. And we'll get out of it eventually. I mean, you know, yes. it just takes time. You know, mankind always gets out of it. But, but so we reflect that in, in all the things that we do in life. And one of them is obviously hair. And we, ref, we use hair for a lot of, um, to say who we are, personalities and everything. And right now, it's just messy. I don't even think it's sexy anymore. It's just messy hair. And hair that doesn't have to be kept it's very unkept. It doesn't have to be, it, it's colored, but you know, that's another story. Uh, but cutting wise, it's cut very, very rarely these days. And so I see a lot of bad hair in the sense of, I see a lot of damaged hair. And that, right. that saddens me. And very rarely do I, I ever walk along the street or in a shop and say, oh, I love your hair. You know, very rarely these days. I used to say a lot, but not anymore. Me too. That's the one thing that I've noticed um, just in the last, I'll say five years, that it's gotten, it's gotten less and less. And I, I saw the trend happening around 10 years ago. And then five years ago, it was like obvious. No one had a beautifully cut because, you know, as we've talked before, color is much prettier and more attractive on a beautifully cut head of hair, and a, which then makes it look like it's a healthier head of hair. So, and I know that that is, has always been your theme, cut and color together as a unit, correct? Yeah, well, we use the word color cutting, which is one, thought, one word, one thought. And the truth is you, you can't, well, you can. It's, you should not cut a head of hair without the thought of coloring it. And then obviously in the salon, if you, if, 
I don't know about you, when I'm busy, sometimes we color the hair before we cut it. And so synchronicity has happened. You, have, you can't color head to hair without thinking what haircut's gonna go on there. Because the reality is, is it's the way the hair falls. And so therefore, when you do techniques of color, it's you gotta know where the hair is falling. So you can do that particular hair to, to embrace it, to enhance it and vice versa. So that's why we have had in the past 25 years, God, I was actually even longer, 28 years, um, color cutting was something I, I didn't create it. I stole it like everybody else, like all the humble heads. <laughs> we steal, and, and I don't mind saying the word steal because I, I like to say that because it makes me, oh my God, he's stealing. But um, if you're an honest hairdresser, you, you, there's no such thing as creating. It's all been done before. I'm honest enough and, 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 and not vain enough to say that I created it, that I stole it from a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little bit from Australia, from America, Canada, Britain, whatever. And I've taken it myself and I made it work for Scott Cole in his salons. And then that's where color cutting, I, I created the word color cutting. In fact, I didn't even create that. I stole that from a gentleman by the name of Howard Havis. Remember Howard? from um, Reading, Pennsylvania. He had, I do, yeah, I well, do. I, I was doing a seminar for him, a show actually, at Hershey, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I get on stage and, you know, and I was known to cut hair and color it. And I was also known if I was gonna mess up the haircut, the haircut or the color on, I would do it right on stage and fix it. Whereas a lot of us would do the color backstage and bring it on stage, ta-da. I just did it right then and there, it was kind of raw. And so he brought me and he says, you know what he says, Scott? He says, all you bloody do is cut, color cut hair. And I'm like, oh, I like that word. So I stole it from him. I said, I'm gonna use that word. That's my name of my company. And that's where it came from. So I didn't create anything. I just honestly took things from everybody else and made it work for me. And I think if we all look at ourselves and reflect, that's what we've done. You know, because the reality is I stole my cutting segment the way that I cut hair. I took it from Vidal Sassoon's. That's who I worked for for the past, you know, for six to eight years, whatever it was, I can't remember. And what a great time that was for me. So um, would you say that Vidal was uh, your mentor? I have many mentors. Um, Vidal is definitely one of my mentors. I have about five, I mean, uh, that I really, really love. Um, <clears throat> Vidal Sassoon obviously is one of them. Um, a genuine band by the name of Bob Fosse, who was um, a, a, a dancer that created modern dance. And then a gentleman by the name of Frank Lloyd Wright, who was one of the greatest all time architects of the 20th century. And then my mom. Your mom? Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Tell me, uh, well, mentored you in just to be the person well, you are. Well, my mom you know, you know um, my, unfortunately, my mother came from a very large family of, I think, 14 kids or something. She was the eldest, so she really raised her siblings. And then when she had us, there were six of us. So she never got to do what she really wanted to do, and that was be a doctor. And so um, she just mentored us in many different ways. And one of the ways, she always said stupid things to me when I was a kid, like, you know, don't chase money. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean, mom? Because we never had money. We never had a car, never had a house. Um, <clears throat> didn't have, um, you know, a telephone. Not that it mattered and, and don't feel all sad, Scott, because that didn't really happen. I, I enjoyed my life and I had a great life. But, um, but I knew that my mom and dad worked paycheck to paycheck. And for them to, for my mother saying, don't ever, you know, you know, run after money, you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? She says, don't work for money, son. I'm like, 
I said, you're crazy. She says, no, do one thing. She says, work for quality, create quality. And I promise you, you'll have money. And that's one of my MOs is everything I do. I do it with quality, no matter what it is. If I have to sweep the floor, I'm going to do it the best I possibly can. And Sassoon's did that for me. You know, they made you do everything, you know, from clean toilets to the whole thing, just to, to break you down and bring you back up and make you appreciate everything that you have. And so quality is an important factor in my life. And I've never really had to worry about money. And it's not that I count or look for a habit and say, I'm whatever. I just, I don't really think that. And to this day, I don't, oh, I got to go make some money today. I just, I'm going to go have fun. And fun is doing hair, or in these days now, watching the eyes of my young kids, my students, think, oh my God, that, I just understand this now. And to see their eyes open up, it's pretty amazing. So, so your, your passion is really teaching more than actually working in a salon, correct? Uh, no, no, I, actually, I'll be honest with you, I loved, loved. I was the king of the castle in my salon, in our salon. <laughs> Uh, no, I, there's nothing greater than, than doing hair on a client and seeing her light up and then you feel good. It's kind of like, you know, you, you date all these people that do drugs and all that kind of stuff. I did drugs every day. My drug was to see a woman smile and what a, what a great feeling and then get paid for it. And I got it 16, 18, 20 times a day. That was my drug to do somebody's hair, color it, cut it. And she just feels so amazing and fantastic that she says, oh my God, and then she pays me all this money. That's it, what a drug is that, you know what I'm saying? So yes. that was my greatest thing. I'm just passing it on to the kids and I have a, we have schools, but I don't have a school of hair, I have a school of life. They just chose hairdressing as the vehicle to enjoy life. So I'm just trying to make my school kids be aware of what life is all about. Uh, and the greatest success for me now is not to teach them how to do hair. Yes, that is important, but it's more importantly, and I have a lot of young women in our school, 18, 19, 20, whatever the case may be. I think I realized now why I opened schools because I didn't really need schools and I didn't really need the hassle of having schools, but I now know why I have a school or schools. And that is simply because if I can help any person, male or female, it doesn't matter to me, to make them financially independent of their husband, their boyfriend, their mom, their dad, then I've done my job. And that's why I have schools. That's beautiful. You know, we were just talking over the last year with among so many people about how incredible our industry is and the passion that we all have. And it's precisely what you just said. We're able to see people elevate themselves in life and have a really good life through this industry. You know, once they get involved and we, and I think that's part of maybe being um, a salon, having a salon when you hire people. I don't get sad when they leave anymore. I used to get sort of sad, but now I'm excited that they're going to the next level of their journey because obviously they need, they feel like they need to go someplace else. Sometimes they come back, but you know that their success, you've had a, a, a part of it. And there, there are quite a few people that um, are in this industry and successful and still passionate because of you. And I love, I love that you give your mother all that credit. That's a beautiful what? thing. What? 
Well, because she, I mean, she just, she said so many crazy little things. And, and I think she wanted to pass on to her kids, and, you know, to say to me that, you know, like, don't chase money. And I'm like, okay. And then she says, you know, where there's dirt, there's money, where there's dirt, there's money. You know, I'm like, what does that mean, mom? You know, she says, you have to dirty your hands, son, son to, to be, you can't just, it's not us mostly going to happen. You've got to get dig deep in there. You've got to be in the trenches to work. And then she'd say things like, you know, if, if you get fast money, son, she says, it will leave you fast. So you have to earn your money. And, and you have to, and that just crazy stuff like that. And I'd go, okay, mom, you know, whatever, you know. That's beautiful. And that's the reason you have a school of life because you have all of those uh those wonderful sayings and and really yeah i think that the rules you live by that you're able to share and people get to see that in you so about haircutting how how do you think that uh, our in or what do you think our industry needs to do right now to sort of get some of these young uh people back on track i know you well, you, I've heard you say you don't teach creativity, you teach the basics. And I know we've also talked about, you know, advanced education is really knowing the basics better and refining them. So elaborate on that, because I love that conversation with you a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of, um, you know, listen, when, when you're teaching these kids, uh, first and foremost, when you say you're out in the street and you don't see a beautiful head of hair now, you know, cut wise or, and that's really an, an important factor to it. It not only do you not see it anymore, but it really is, is harming and detriment to our salons. Because the truth is, there's a cycle, we call it a, sick, a cycle that happens with a client of mine. And I see them, I see my, uh, my clients, if I was cutting your hair, Sheila, I would see you every, I would see you eight times a year. Well, the, today's clients, if, if you're a client of someone, you might see them three times a year. So you're losing a lot of money, uh, not cutting hair. And I was taught, it assumes that um, it was my responsibility to bring Sheila back into my chair for every four to six weeks, minimum four weeks, maximum six. It was my responsibility, period. And that way, so I didn't have to have as many clients because I saw you every four to six weeks. And you, and you, so this is mathematical equation that passed, that was passed on to me by Vidal, not physically, not like to say, here, Scott, take this. He, he kind of bred it into you. And it's a mathematical equation that's run through my whole life that anybody can use it. And I will certainly give it to you at some point. I think I did, Sheila. Um, but it's my whole, my, it's part of our school. The school gets it. And it's just this little mathematical equation that we gave them. And, and it works. And it's pretty amazing. Because the truth is, I, if I said to one of my kids, you know, if she'd come in to work for me for an interview, I'd say, one of my questions would be, I would like you to do 1,920 clients in a year. Can you do that for me? And I'm, I swear to God, they're going to go like, what? Are you nuts? You know, like that kind of thing. And I say, and, you know, and this is another one of my mother's sayings. And she, I mean, she's stolen from everybody else too. She says, well, how do you eat an elephant, son? And I'm like, I don't know, Ma. I don't want to eat an elephant. She says, one bit at a time. It's the same with this. How do you how do, you do 1,920 clients? One, one bit at a time, one client at a time. And if you can do one client every hour, five days a week, eight hours a day, you can do 1,920 clients and you will make $96,000. 
it's really that simple. Wow. And it's absolutely stupidly ridiculous because the truth is, if Scott Cole does one client an hour, I will fall asleep. You know, my, my MO is three, three clients an hour and, and they're probably thinking, well, how they, well then they must be not so great haircuts or color. I, I, I'll tell you this, I was, I was privileged and that I got to a point where I didn't have to color hair, I didn't have to blow dry hair, I didn't have to shampoo hair. Um, all I did was cut it because they came in for Scott. So I would pass them on and, and it's just building a bigger clientele for all my, my client, my staff. But I could do three clients an hour. And you know, when you charge $110 28 years ago, that's a lot of money. It is yeah. a lot of money. You know, that's, you know. It's a lot of money now. Yeah, so I, you know, so you do that mathematical equation, but if you do one an hour, eight hours a day, five days a week, like a humble hairdresser should do, and I say humble because I feel myself that I'm humble. I was raised the right way. I, I have respect for, for everybody and anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. Um, but if you do that and you multiply it by, and you do it at $50 a haircut, which I think is about today's, you'll do $96,000 less commission and all that stuff. But then, but if you own it and it's yours, you get $96,000 and that's decent money for making, doing one client. Okay. And that doesn't haircut, that's not color, that's not treatments, that's just a simple haircut and cut and, and, and blow dry. By the way, I'm, I'm not all about a la carte. I, I believe in, when I go to a restaurant, I believe in the, if I'm going to have a piece of a beautiful piece of fish and I don't want a la carte this and a la carte that next thing you know my fish is now $200 and as opposed to being $60 do you know what I'm saying so if you're going to cut the head ahead yeah. the shampoo's included and the blow dry is included that's just the way I work that's just the way it is but so let's go to cutting there's the truth is I, I was Privileged again and honored to work for somebody I think is the greatest hairdresser of all times. Was he the greatest hair cutter? Possibly, probably not, but he had the greatest mind because there was people like Roger Thompson, who was his number one man. There was Christopher Brooker and the list goes on. I mean, it's on and on. Trevor Zorby, you know, Ulrich Graf, and then Scott Cole comes in, it's somewhere down the line, you know what I mean? Because that was a younger one, but we all were art directors back in the day. Um, we were, we were just taught to do a straight line. The truth is, it was if you can cut a straight line, you can cut a head of hair. It's really that simple. But unfortunately, everybody wants to be different. And you know, this whole thing about being different, better is not always different. Different is always better, you know what I mean? And it's just this thing about, um, they wanna be different and it isn't better, but if you can do it better, it is different. So. Cut a straight line, cut it in your fingers, don't cut it in the air, don't be fancy, do classic beautiful hair. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know most hairdressers and because I'm a hairdresser and, and I'm not demeaning anybody. Um, we're all head, we're all lazy. I mean, that's, that's human, that's mankind. That's just the way we are. We're, we're, we'll do the quickest, fastest way possible and the least effort. So therefore when I do it, when I'm doing a bob, which is a classic, I call it the mother of all haircuts one length I was taught to do a square one length not a round one length in which most people do because that's the lazy way of doing it and because it's the way that you hold your body that did it so forth and so forth so to cut a straight line and to cut a square on a round um, object is not easy to do so it's all about um, being taught the correct way shifting so when you're teaching a one length everybody thinks oh that's simple I can do it one length but you know, it's not about a one length. It's what a one length 
tells you it is. And that is, it tells you that you can shift weight, that you know how to shift weight. You can create a corner on a round body. Do you know what I mean? On a round sphere. Yes. And that's not the easiest thing to do. But if you taught that, and that's what we teach first things, then you can start to move weight wherever you want it to do throughout the whole head. So creating a straight line is important. To create a, creating a, a rectangle is important, or I call it creating a square. We call it stay in the box. And this whole thing about the box drives me crazy because I really believe that um, the, if you can cut a straight, a square on your round head, then you know how to cut hair because it's about creating that square, not staying in the box, it's about creating the box. And most people want to go outside the box, but I'll tell you right now, most people don't know what's in the bloody box. They don't know enough. They need to know what's in the box before they can go outside the box. And I don't have to go outside the box because my box is the size of the universe. I'm quite happy in my box. <laughs> Does you know, that I what? wrote that down the last time I passed it yeah. on to a lot of people. Like before you get out of the box, make sure you know what you've got in the box. I love that. I've got it on the wall in my it's office right now. You know, so, so when I'm cutting, I, I just, it is. yeah, it's, yeah, it's cutting us, you got to cut it, you got to be able to do that. And, and then there's three ways of cutting hair. And this is what cracks me up. If I was to ask somebody, could you tell me the three ways of cutting hair? I promise you uh, out of 10, they're going to say, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's graduation. It's this, it's that, it's, it's, it's round, it's triangle. It's, no, it's not. There's three ways of cutting hair. It's, horizontal, vertical, and diagonal, period. That's the universal law of cutting hair. And unfortunately, we try to think, oh, there's more to them than just that. No, there isn't, that's all there is. And if you can take those three and mix and match, now you become creative. That's, right. that's how you become creative. So Fidel was, Fidel was influenced by, and he wanted to be an architect. And I don't wanna say that I was a Fidel at all. But I, I definitely wanted to be an architect. And I was influenced by, by the name of Frank Lloyd Wright. In the case of Sassoon Vidal, he was, Bajas was his, his thing. And, um, but Frank Lloyd Wright was an amazing man. And, and I, I go to his school all the time here in Phoenix, all the time, just to take classes and just to listen to his philosophy. And he talks about freedom and he was, he, he did create, and you're thinking, why is he talking about all this? Because this is hair for me. And that is that if he created a box, we live in boxes. And he says, Americans have been fighting for the past 200 years to create freedom. Why are we living in a bloody box? So he took the corners of the boxes and cut them off and put windows in. And now we live outside. And so his creative is this, not the box. But if you want to be create a box, and if you can create a box, which is a one length in my eyes as a hairdresser, everything's hairdressing, by the way. So my, his, his house is my box, is my one length, my bob. And all he did was cut the corners off. So why, not, why can't we just cut the corners off the box and now you're creating you know, the bob and now you're creating layers and you're now creating creativity or just lift it and create graduation. So now you've got creative and you're also creating freedom. I get so excited, Sheila, about it. After all I, know, I can hear it. it. I, just, I, love, I love that about you. Your excitement just exudes out of you when you're talking about it. It makes me so excited. It's, so, just, it's so simple that it's absolutely ridiculously um, ridiculous because it is that simple, but we make it so difficult. 
that I could go on forever talking about that end of it, not even the cutting, because cutting's easy. It's just that we make it hard. We have a saying at school, it's our MO now. In, in our school, it's got called Palmer to the school. It's, it ain't easy, but it is simple. <laughs> That's our MO. It's it, it ain't like easy. Because we make it so difficult, Sheila, that it isn't easy. God, this is so difficult. But then I say, you know what? If you stand here and you cut this and you just cut it in your fingers and cut a straight line and put it here and put the and create weight and and you know, and they're like, oh my God, it's that simple as you yes. ask. Remember, it ain't easy, but it is simple. And the simple part is, is that the ain't easy is, is that we we can't do it simple because simple isn't right because it's too that it should be more difficult than simple but it isn't it's simple we make well, it difficult i want you to do me a favor i want What's you that? to gather all your sayings and <laughs> i'm going to make a box of little cards in them with all your sayings and i'm going to give those away for christmas presents will you do that for me yeah. i'm gonna call it scottisms yeah all right well, remember, I've stolen a lot of them, but I, and I'll give them to you know, the names. But it's just that I use them. But you know, it ain't easy. It's simple. That is mine. Dif you know, better is not always different, but different is always better is mine. And then this is the yes. greatest one I learned. I stole this one, but I, but I, what I do is I take them and then I mix them, and it, and you get it. You know, inspiration. People say, where do you get inspiration from to create these? crazy haircuts or this crazy color or even color cutting you know the philosophy of color cutting and i'm like i just stole it and then but i make it relative to me to create wealth within our organization of scott cole salons or now you know paul mitchell the school and that is you know it's just i was watching i love hgtv you know i, I love architecture and i love building right and this one was um and i think it was called below zero, which is in, was in Alaska. They're in Alaska. And this guy, he was just a little, you know, a little guy that just was making ends meet. And, but he was young and he was kind of, he just says, you know what? It's tough out here. He says, but I'm ready to do this and did it, did it. And I've got the optimism. And he says, you know what? He says, life is a fine blend of, and I just, and I was listening. He says, life is a fine blend of optimism, realism and pessimism and i just woke up and i thought my god that's incredible you know just that freaked me out right and then i thought well he didn't finish it because that, and then i added yes. to it and what i says was we have all three you choose with in your order and i realized that i thought i was an optimist and i thought you know that i was like because i was raised with nothing I, I i can have everything i wanted i that's what i feel but i'm a realist so I'm a realist first. So I have realism first, optimism is my second. And then I have a little bit of pessimism in me always. Because you have to have three of them. But I just thought that was, that woke me up, Sheila. And then I'm already thinking, how can I do that with hair? What can I do with hair? Just, that's what I do. And I, so you can go any, I walk the streets and I get excited. I was on, you know, 117. <laughs> And I, I saw this billboard and it was something about, I can't, I, I went past it too fast, but I got a bit of it. And it said something to the degree of um, um, classic, old classic ways of doing, you know, in school with new, with new technology. And that's exactly who I am. I'm, a, I'm classic, but I want new technology. And I love, love, love. You know, I'm not one of these people that, that, that have young people around me and, and 
like envy them because they're they're young and stupid and silly. I don't see it that way. I look at young people as young eyes. You know, if they're hairdressers, and depending, it's not the age that matters to me, it's how long they've been in the industry. Like my kids today at school, they have young eyes. They're, they're young eyes because they're only been doing hair for a year or two years or three years or my staff, you know, that I think are amazing, but they have, they're, they're young eyes. So I want to spend as much time as I can with them because I'm giving them all the information, but they're taking it and making it with their young eyes. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought of that because they're seeing it differently than I did with my eyes of 41 years or what the hell is in the industry. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what excites me. That stuff drives me well, crazy. I, I cannot tell you how much I respect you and admire you and, and just treasure all of the classes I've set with you. And uh, I, I know when we did the international hair color exchange and you were there quite often talking about yeah. cut and color, it was just, you were just energizing. And then from that moment on, I've been a, a huge follower of yours. So thank you for sharing all your information and your, gosh, the inspiration that you just provide everybody that, that comes in contact with you. Um, and then I also want to say that, you know, we're going to have October is the first ever National Haircutting Month. And so we're going to be using many of your cuts and push out to the, to the world and to our uh, industry to see the quality of work that you've done in the past and do now. And so I thank you for that. And I thank you for allowing us to, to use you and your work to promote this uh, well-needed uh, haircutting month to bring a, a attention to our industry and also to the, the, the people who have paved the way for many of us to make a great living. Um, so from more people than just me, thank you for that. And then the other thing is we're going to have in a coiffure meeting um, atelier in October in New York. And I'm sort of hoping that you'll be there. I'm gonna entice you as much as I can so that our members can see you and you can be a part of us again, especially during the, national, the first ever National Haircutting Month. So think about that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do everything I can to, to get you to be in New York with me. Well, New York, we, have, um, we do have our summit coming up. We're, we're doing our first summit since COVID, obviously, um, that's happening in October. So let me see if it if it clashes. If it clashes, is I obviously can't make New York. Right. If it doesn't, I'll try and make a, a point of coming there. But I love doing this, and we didn't really talk much about cutting or color or, or anything. But the truth is, there's so much to talk about to give to these kids because I'm more concerned about obviously the kids that are coming to school, but. More importantly, the kids are already out trying to do hair. That are what we call, I call them starving artists. And I know I gotta get off right now, but I would love to do more of this stuff. Just, I mean, on little segments of it, because there's so, I just wanna give it out because I've got so much to give, Sheila, that I want it out. Well then okay. this, I'm gonna, listen, I'm gonna take you up on just what you said. We are gonna set up a series with Scott and we will do, uh, Topic. And we will we will get on and we will make that happen as soon as i uh get back into the office yeah. we were i'll call you and we'll get that set up and we'll start a series so because yeah, i just think it, i just would like to get 
because it's on my shoulders, you know, like there's weight on your shoulder. There's right. so much that was given to me that I want to give back because then I, then I know I've done my job and that's, that'll be my legacy, you know what I mean, so to speak. Well, uh, I'm going to tell all the people that are listening to be uh, looking for the series with Scott. From his own math to God, we are going to make this happen. It will just be humble, Scott, just being, I just speak the truth. That's all I do. Well, Scott, I appreciate your time and appreciate you. And thank you so much. And we will connect very, very soon. All right. Thank you, my darling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the ICA Podcast 9 podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more industry insight and information. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast too and share it with your friends in the industry. Our only goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Intercoiffure America Canada is proud to be the voice for salon owners. For more information about us, visit intercoiffure.com. That's intercoiffure.com.